late in the game was. Can he repeat those heroics? Maybe like a child here. Miss, 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 miss. Right footed. For this religion that we preach I Keep on, keep on, keep pushing For nothing's ever out of reach Because the town we keep on driving It's all that much we go The town we keep on fighting And these colors I wear Hi and welcome to the Luton Town International Podcast. Gavin, you had one job. You had one job. You said Luton Town. Sorry, get it right. It's Premier League Luton Town Podcast. Okay, we'll start again. And should we just start again? No, no, I can't leave that in. Yeah, okay. No problem. Well, what I was actually going to say is welcome to the Luton Town International Podcast. My name is Gavin Daly. And just like Luton Town, we have gone from non-league to Premier League with the team. But Nick didn't let me finish. So whatever. But Nick, we're Premier League. How does that feel? Just, it still feels surreal. It's thinking, right, this is Premier League Luton Tyne. Nine years after we're non-league, we're up there. And I think there's a collective, we can't quite believe it. You just have to keep typing it so Luton Town are in the Premier League or saying it. Because until the fixture list comes out and until we're spanking Man United, that's all you're going to think. <laughs> so... No run list for this podcast. 
Uh, we are probably going to have a part one and a part two, the part one with Nick, the part two with Alex because of time zones and, and, and different stuff going on. Uh, there is a new intro that you probably heard at the beginning of the podcast. I haven't let Nick hear because I'm going to actually make him listen to the podcast so we can see how bad he sounds. Oh, yeah. uh, but no, yeah, right. that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, no run this. We're just going to we're just going to talk about Saturday. We're going to talk about some other things, just whatever comes into our minds. Um, and I want to start with I do not have TikTok, but someone put on Twitter a TikTok. And I think it went something along the lines of this shouldn't have happened. This wasn't supposed to happen. We were never supposed to be here. The 80s, they wanted to move us to Milton Keynes. The 90s, they wanted to move us to Milton Keynes. The early 2000s, they hit us with a deduction that that should should have, should have, only for 2020, should have killed our club. Now we're in the Premier League. It's just, I think, basically, the final whistle, it's obviously, spoilers, yeah, we're in the Premier League. The final whistle is just that sheer collective sense of joy, entitlement, and it's not an entitlement, sorry, joy, redemption. It was just, I, you just can't describe it. I mean, before the game, I was thinking, right, speaking to a fair few commentary fans at the pub, they seem a really decent lot, and I think it's, I said to them, look, I can't call it, and to be fair, they weren't either. So we've both been ahead of a journey, but to just get there from non-league to Premier League in nine years, it's just, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm abs- absolutely um, fantastic journey, all down to, to 2020 and, and the, the, the job they've done at the club. Uh, do want to say uh, commiserations to, to Coventry. If we didn't go up this season, it would have been not, it would have been it. Obviously, we want us to go up. I'm not saying we don't want Luton to go up. But if Luton hadn't gone up, it would have been nice to see Coventry back in the Premier League as well, just because of the difficulties that they've gone through as a club. Uh, and I, I know that. Uh, although our players were celebrating, a, a number of players went over to their players and to their to, to their team to uh, to commiserate them, which was great to see. Uh, it, it it was a fairy tale final, Nick. In that, no matter what happened, um, yeah, it, I mean, the, the, prem, the Premier League was in for a culture shock. Exactly. I mean, I th- I think it was basically it was supposed to be Southern Middlesbrough. It was supposed to be the Northeast Derby. They'd all book their train tickets. They'd all book their hotels. And neither of them were there. We're both in the pub speaking beforehand saying, yeah, this wasn't supposed to happen, was it? And no, absolutely not. And uh, uh, like that, that, that TikTok really, really got to me just because it breaks down everything. Like the 80s, you know, the club, like them, them wanting to move the club to Milton Keynes. The 90s, them wanting to move the club to Milton Keynes. And then in the early 2000s, giving us that, or in the in the late 2000s, giving us that early uh, that that stupid freaking deduction that 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 absolutely like it 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 did it hasn't happened before and it hasn't happened since that sort of deduction for any sort of team. So so to me that just tells me that they were trying to kill this club. They did not want this club anywhere near where they are now. And the fact that we're back there. A lot of credit has to go to to the board, to Gary Sweet. A lot of credit has to go to the investors who are, as I think we all know, up until now, because now we've got Premier League money, uh, losing hand over fist, really. Not not losing as in losing a shit ton of money, but 
we're, we're not we're not a team that makes a profit. It depends on a shit ton of money how much you put a few million here and a few million there. Yeah. For me, you, that's a shit ton of money. Exactly. For a football club, probably not. You know, no, I, mean, but, I think it's like last year we lost six million quid and that was one of the best in the championship and that just says the absolute nuts nature of it. And now we're going to league, we've got some injection of 100 million, 170 million quid. I'm probably still expected to lose money. Well, you won't be, but. No, we definitely think we definitely won't lose money next year. I definitely don't think we're going to do that. Um, as someone who was at the game on Saturday, Nick, what was your takeaway from it? Uh, obviously, the joy of promotion to the Premier League, but we had three goals disallowed. Uh, it was three goals disallowed, yep. I think two of them you could see fairly quickly. Um, Joe Taylor's, it was a good 30 seconds before I saw that. It was probably the most obvious of the lot. So, I mean, they were all quite rightly disallowed, but the um, yeah, Joe Taylor's, that dreaded, you see the scheme, VAR check in progress. I am not going to be liking that next season. And it's basically join the Premier League, one of the Premier League groups, and was something a lot of the fans said, watch out for VAR. If you score a goal against the big boys, they will find a reason to disallow it. And I'm sure we'll see that. But it was just um, that Joe Taylor got the timing. Everything else, the fact, well, didn't even quite the fact it was him originally, but some of the timing, everything else, and right in front of me. And it's just thinking, you know, that felt like the winner for that period. So as someone who watched the game on, on TV, Nick, he couldn't exactly afford the, uh, the, 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 the cost to, to make it to Wembley. Uh, bloody part-time glory hunter. Uh, part-time like part worker as well on part-time wages right now, unfortunately. <laughs> um, the, the goal. I want to talk about the goal because I'm going to talk about this with Alex a little bit later as well because I, I know he sends a message. The control and the pace by Adebayo just to, to, to knock it over the defender's head, to then knock it past him again, to beat him to the ball, the power, the strength, the speed, to beat him to the ball, and then to put it on the play for Jordan Clark. Now, I want to say that was at the other end of the pitch to where you were. But yeah. that that must have been some feeling inside that stadium. Yeah, I mean, I think you didn't quite appreciate the skill from Adebayo at the time. You just saw it go in, you saw the net bulge, and everyone just absolutely went, went wild. And that first half, we went on top, and it was... Um, and you look at that, I mean, I wouldn't say there's going to only be one winner because it's a playoff game, it's Luton, and you don't get that feeling. Um, but I think, to be honest, when you're inside the stadium, there's a lot you don't see. You do see and you don't see at the same time. Like Tom Rock here, I didn't, I thought he'd been concussed. I didn't even, I didn't clock that he just collapsed on the pitch. <laughs> I actually watched the game back again, the full game. Uh, and before that, he went, to, it was actually the goal that was disallowed for Osho. He went up for the corner. And he connected with the corner. He was the one that headed it down. But when he headed it, he headed it with the very, very top of his head. And now I'm kind of wondering, because obviously it was after that that he collapsed on the pitch, that maybe if that had something to do with it, obviously not a doctor, don't know. But what you just said there with concussed, it's, it could be a possibility of that. But great to hear that Lockyer is doing well. Uh, great to hear that he's getting out of the hospital. Uh, it it was a big blow to lose him when we lost him, but Reese Burke came in and played absolutely fantastic. Which you'd have to, because I said those two sides, there's a fencer record plus the strikers and everything else. You think it, it's going to be, and it was a game of two halves, and I think some you know 
it's a possibility maybe at half time people worry about Lockyer, but it's sort of um, well, not they won't worry in the first half, but um, I think plus there's the extra sub coming on, but yeah. He played. He kept them very much at arm's length, and I think their goal was almost come a couple. Of, I mean, going back to the Adebayo goal, the Adebayo assists. It's um, you might some people say typical Luton, just sort of hump it to your as Robert says, yeah, just boot it, um, boot it down there. But to actually chase after it, get a beast with his man twice, and then cross it, Jordan Clark, and Jordan Clark still got some work to do. That's a hell of a finish to get in the ball. Yeah, it's a fantastic finish by Clark, in fairness. And, and, and to think that although he wasn't with us in non-league, that's another player that's gone from non-league through the, through the football pyramid and is going to be in the Premier League next season. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, I agree with you. The, one, the first half was very, very one-sided and I was extremely worried at halftime uh, just because of the goals that had been disallowed and not taking our chances and... I just felt Coventry are going to find a way back into this. And, of course, they did. A uh, little bit of a deflection off Osho going in. I don't necessarily think that's what that's what puts a pass Horvat, although that's what a lot of the ESPN commentators seem to be saying, probably because he's American. Um, I, I don't think it took a pass, and I don't think Horvat was getting there anyway, but that's just... That's just it's my probably, thinking. It's probably not. It's, if it's a slight nicker, so there's no blame on Osho because he's trying to stop it. So you try exactly. and get him away, so it goes through. So, yeah, yeah, there's absolutely no way you blame a player for sort of, you know, um, yeah. a deflection on that one because he's doing, he's trying to do what he should be doing. You can't say, right, I'm going to get in the block, but I'm going to get out of the way just in case I get a slight nick. Yeah. And then obviously it goes into extra time. Players are cramping up left, right and centre. Number of substitutions having to be made. And that's when I start getting worried because... You take off the likes of Adebayo, who I would assume would have been on the penalty list. And at that point, you're really thinking about penalties. Uh, and then it goes to penalties. And uh, I'll be the first to admit, I sent a text message going, well, it was a nice run, lads. We don't do penalties. So that was a thought I went congratulate, through. Penalties, congratulations, I thought, Coventry. <laughs> I didn't say congratulations to Coventry, but no, when it went to penalties, I thought, right, okay, we don't score them. We don't save them. This ain't happening, is it? Yeah, that was that was the exact same way I was thinking. I was just like, well, it was a nice run, lads. See you back in the championship next season. Um, I didn't go as far as trying to send a text. My phone was staying well and true in my pocket, but it was thinking, yeah. right, I was nervous. And so, you know, even when so, you know, we scored the goal, I mean, obviously, Colton Morris stepped up. And it was kind of, it was a celebrated but very relieved, sort of, you know, fist punch and everything else. And it was um, just because the nerves going through. And you're thinking, right, is he going to miss one? Is he going to miss one? didn't happen and then just kept ramping up the pressure ramping up the pressure and it, so you're thinking right you're not thinking right we're going to do we're going to do this you're just hoping you're hoping you're hoping and praying yeah the, I, I, at one point I am not religious in any way shape or form but I was I think for the Luke Berry penalty I was literally on my knees just saying please don't let him miss like the one player when I seen him step up I was like please please don't let Berry be the one to miss after like everything that he's done for the club, like he's just been a, a fantastic player for the club. I did not want him to be the one to miss. Other than that, the penalties, Nick, uh, were absolutely fantastic. There, there uh, were eleven I, penalties, absolutely top class. I mean, thinking, yep. I mean, I've got the double whammy. Obviously, Luton fan, we've not done penalties well this season or previously, and England fan, and we don't do penalties that well generally either. So. So you've got that double whammy coming up. I mean, obviously you're Irish, so you don't get to see the knockout stuff in the World Cup or anything no. like that. So. No, we, we don't do penalties. You don't have penalties, you're in qualifiers. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but but uh, yeah, it, like the penalties were amazing. Like as I said, I rewatched to get the whole game back, and it got to the penalties, and obviously wasn't as nerve wracking this ter- this time around watching the penalties. But I just I was able to watch them more uh, and really take in what was happening. And credit to how well, especially the Luton penalties were. Three of the six penalties that we took, the Coventry goalkeeper went the right way and still couldn't stop it. Well, like Joe, we... Joe, Taylor, Joe Taylor's penalty, the Coventry keeper went the right way. It was the right height for him. It was just bang smack in that corner. There was not a chance that goalkeeper was getting to it. Like those penalties were fucking good. Yeah. I mean, I think his commentary penalty is the same. I mean, some of Horvath doesn't really see the same penalties, but it was, um, but it's, um, yeah, again, their ones were, you know, right in the corner. There weren't any that was, oh, that was a bit lucky with that one. I mean, I think I rewatched it again last night for about the fourth time. There are a couple of thinking, oh, I don't know, maybe if we got, we've got it right. I can't remember whose penalties they were, but thinking maybe we've got it slightly wrong. The keeper may have stood a slight chance, but generally the absolute quality of them was just absolutely phenomenal from either side. And- there was Just talk happened. that he brought. There was talk he brought in penalty specialists before it, so they knew. Apparently, it's t- shoot shoot the ball on an, an on an in, not an out, or an out, not an in, something like that. But that, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to diss him, and I'm not trying to downplay what he's done for the club. But I don't know if Nathan Jones does that. I don't even know if Nathan Jones thinks of that. Well, I don't know. I mean. I don't know if he's done that, but I mean, Rob Edwards said beforehand, before the start of the game, yes, we practice penalties, but even then, practicing penalties, there's a hell of a lot of difference between practicing them and scoring them. Um, I mean, I think somebody said, I almost agree, had the penalty be the other ends, we could have lost that. You think so? Um, possibly, because I think if you're facing sort of 35,000, 36,000 hostile fans, what do you to miss? There's added pressure there, and when it's that fine margins, you don't know. So again, Dan Potts is 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 the man because he won us the two coin flips. Oh well, I think it. One of the coin flips wasn't win. I think one of the coin flips was a neutral flip. It was basically it's heads at this end, tails at this end. So you don't even have to call it because, let's face it, why would you? Because if you're a captain, right? What end do you want to take the penalties? Oh, taking the away fans, absolutely fine, no issues. Nobody's ever ever going to do that, are they? But I mean, the Dan, the Dan Potts penalty. I mean, it looks at that that was probably the most nervous all, especially the way he altered his run up as well. Because yeah. it's, uh, I mean, I use playing goal, and um, I think if you're trying to predict which way a penalty goes, you look at if they're left foot or right foot, and you put the non, you look at where the non, non-kicking foot goes to give you an idea where he's going to put it. So basically, if you're right foot, you put it sort of, you know, to the left of the goal as you're looking at it, or the keeper's right. That's the natural angle. So obviously, there's a slight stutter. He changes it. He changes run up halfway through, and you're thinking, God, that's nervous. But no, he puts away superbly again. And then it gets yeah. out to Coventry one, thinking, oh, God, how long is this going to go on? And then obviously hits it. And it was, well, it's absolute pandemonium. I said there were tears, there were hugs. That's everybody, everybody in the entire end, all 36,000. It was absolutely unbelievable. You just cannot describe it. Yeah, Dan, Dan Potts' penalty was, was fantastic. And he, along with Luke Berry, he was the one that I was like, please don't miss. Please don't miss. Um, I was like, please don't miss for every single one of them. But No, I obviously, but there was, there was some, like, like, I didn't think Carlton was going to miss. I was a little bit, I was worried that Joe, Ta- Joe Taylor would miss. 
I wasn't nervous for Nakamba and I wasn't nervous for Clark, which is weird because, you, you know, especially was it was Clark Clark took the fifth one, right? I think so. I can't, I can't remember. Was it Barry took the fifth or Clark? I, I think Clark took the fifth, I, possibly. God knows. But I just remember thinking to myself, like, Clark's not going to miss. <laughs> and I don't know why. But I, I was still nervous. Don't get me wrong. I was still nervous. But I just... There was a part of me that was just like, he's not going to miss. I've tried not to get into not going to miss type thing because those who aren't going to miss regular penalty takers, I've seen before. Mm. They do. But I mean, I think yeah. pre, pre-game, I'd have picked Clark. I'd pick Nakamba. Nakamba, purely because it's sort of thinking, right, it's a cool head under pressure. And you're thinking, it's a pass as an I think David Pleat once said, that's what a penalty is. It's a good pass as an if you can get it. And Jordan Clark's the best passer. Nakamba is a good passer as well. Um, then you've got others who might sort of panic a little bit or not. But um, I think I didn't have any thoughts. He's going to miss. He's not going to miss. I was just thinking, please just fucking score. <laughs> and then obviously as uh, Dabo stepped up to take the penalty for Coventry, uh, I had the pleasure of listening to uh, the ESPN commentary uh, of Ian Dark and uh, Stuart Robson. Stuart Robson used to play for Coventry. Yeah. And as he's walking up to take the penalty, Stuart Robson turns and goes, he doesn't look very confident. And I just remember thinking, I hope you're fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I've, I've given up on those because I think, right, people are pen, confident on penalties or not confident. I think everybody's got a bit of nervous about them, haven't they? That, that has to be nerve-wracking. Absolutely nerve Especially for what's at stake. Yeah, like I mean, obviously, you I don't, I don't care who you are. Yeah, yeah, you can be an international freaking stalwart. Like that, that, that has to be absolutely nerve wracking. But the one thing I am happy about is the fact that when you type in Luton Town now on uh, on the internet, it's not one or two things. It's not flashing back to the eighties and uh, and the. The, the melees with the Will, Millwall fans and, and Watford fans. Instead, it's Luton Town or Premier League. The media coverage, Nick. Are they still this. doing fireworks when you put that in Google? I don't believe so. Let me check, actually. I'll just type <laughs> it in here real quick and just check. But the fact that... Uh, no, they're not. The fact that... um, The fact that the, the amount of media that we've got, and it, it's positive... It's positive for the club. It's positive for the city. It's positive for the town. Okay, positive for the city and the town. No, it's the town. Well, you know what I meant. Yeah. You know what I meant. I'm just going to pick holes in it. You know. I know. I know. I'm emotional right now, Nick. Okay. Uh, Because I can honestly say that in 1992, I watched Luton leave the top flight of English football. And I didn't know if we'd ever be back just because just because of who who we are and the club we are you know we need to sell our best players we watched we watched fantastic FA Cup games with Scott Oaks against West Ham and John Hartson and Tony Torp Newcastle you know we've had some great times in there but it always felt like the gap was getting bigger and bigger because we were having to let go of these players we having to sell Hearts and we were having to sell Oaks we're having to sell Telfer, we're having to sell our best players. I love the fact. I love the fact that the three players you said sell two men on free transfers. You know what I meant, though. We we're having to sell yeah. our best players, uh, and the gap just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. 
and to me to me I at that point I was like I don't know if Luton ever get back to the to, to, to the top tier of English football and then the drop happened and it went championship league one league two national league and I was just like I'll be honest with you I never thought I would see the day that Luton Town were a Premier League team and I don't know if you would as well. I don't know if you ever thought you'd see Luton as a Premier League team. No, I think it was, um, I think almost, I never wanted to be a Premier League team as well, when it was never going to be a possibility. I'm thinking, no, Premier League full of, you know, overhyped, overpays, absolute, just sort of, you know, it's basic, it's a media wank fest, basically. And I thought, I don't want to be part of that. And then suddenly, oh, we could be. And then suddenly, actually, I wouldn't mind that. Wouldn't mind the money anyway. Um, but equally, he's thinking. Still, he's thinking. Even when he gets the final, he's thinking you can dream, but nah, surely not. But then he against commentary, and commentary probably thinking exactly the same thing. So sometimes, absolute miracles do come true. I mean, what I would say, and I think um, Stu said this as well beforehand. When he had the, the build-up to the final, it was there was a lot of focus on us, not much on commentary. And thinking, okay, don't make it all about us, please. Do if you win, sure, but um, don't make it all about us because we like being underdogs. And it was thinking, right, when you've got two sort of um, when you've got two teams, both a fairy tale story, that makes it tricky. Yeah, it it, it really does. And as it, as we said earlier, like if we weren't in the conversation, you 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 would have been rooting for Coventry as a Luton fan. I think in that game, if 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 you were neutral, if you if it hadn't been Luton in the final. I think you're you're rooting for Coventry to go up just because of just because of what they've been through as well. I think that's where I differ because I know that when we started this podcast back in the non-league days, like myself, yourself, uh, Alex, I, I know I don't want to speak for Alex. I'll get his thoughts on it later on. Uh, but I know yourself and Stu were very very vocal about the fact of fuck it, we don't want to be Premier League. I always wanted to be Premier League. I just never thought I'd see it happen because. He, as we're seeing now, the windfall that you get, I think someone someone mentioned, I can't even remember where I heard it or where I read it, but the money that we're getting means that this club is going nowhere for the next 20 to 25 years just because of just because of the funding we now have and that's now going to come into the club either this year or the coming years through, through parachute payments and stuff like that. It's, it's the, the, club, the club is now financially stable. Yeah, I mean, not that, ever, well, that it wasn't, not that it, it wasn't, and it wasn't because the club is run very, very well. But we're at a completely new level now of financially stable. Yeah, and I think it's basically that again is going to come down to the board. I mean, they came straight away. Yeah, we're not going to go wild on it because you've seen some clubs get the Premier League and they absolutely burst the bank, so they spend beyond the parachute payments and beyond the income just to try and stay there. We're not going to do that. Thinking right, we're going to give it a good go. If we go down, which let's face it, we are favourites to go down, which is always going to be the case you win the playoffs, um, then you've got the money there. You've done it sensibly. So we're going to be sensible with the money. Obviously, 10 million quid you have to waste on Canada with Rose to a certain extent um, because we're moving um, and just some media stuff. But then it builds the new ground. You can build the infrastructure. You can track some, you know, um, you can use structure, you can improve as well. And I think it just sets up, really sets up for the long, long term. So I've seen some people go, oh, we should go and spend 40 million on this player or sort of 40 million, 50 million on transfers. I think, no, we're not going to go out and spend 40, 50 million on transfers. I think 
We'll spend money. We'll break our tra- transfer record a few times. But I can't see us spending more than 10, 20 million. Yeah, no, neither can I. And I think that's why, like, I've seen something that said Aston Villa were looking for 15 million for a marvellous Nakamba and he's out of contract next summer. And I was just like, fuck that. Like, I would love to have Marvellous back, but I don't think we're spending 15 million on, on him. That's for damn sure. Especially no, when you said. There's been a lot of lazy media stuff coming across. People keep, I mean, how's the guy work? Oh, it's a shame. If you, do you really have to show the MK Dons? I said, no. They're A, called the fucking franchise, and B, there is no way in a million years we're ever sharing with them. There's some on the Facebook page. Oh, but imagine what it'd be like with 40,000 people. It's not happening. We are not sharing with them. It's not, it goes, oh, brave words. No, it's not brave words. This RMD has turned straight out and said, look, we'd have to spend 10 million to ground share. I'm not giving another club 10 million, especially not them. Well, you probably didn't no. say that part. Because, you know, we do it there. This is our home. And this is going to be our strength. And that's the way we do things. So, right. So, I might not get a ticket all next year. I mean, I'll probably try and get a couple. But it's, uh, but then again, oh, I got them in the, got them in the championship. But I don't care. So, yes, fine when you have 10,000. Yes, you have to enter, empty through the back gardens. Or as um, Gary Sweet's comment I loved, Harley has to go through the other shit entrance. <laughs> it's just, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. He doesn't care. Does he? <laughs> no, it was fantastic. I remember seeing that quote as well. And I was just like, that's magnificent. Because obviously I'm getting trolled quite a bit by people who know I'm a Luton Town supporter and it's just like with the Oak Road end. I'm like, you don't have to worry about it. The United players and the City players won't be going in through that end. They'll be going in through the other shit end. <laughs> well, so you're getting told by United City fans. Actually, on the City fans thing, what I had to love, I mean, most of the comments I've seen since we come up, people saying, that's brilliant, Luton. You'll give it a good job. Premier League fans, fans, nice to see another club up there. Your ground's brilliant. I think you see the ones who actually get it and it is a proper ground, not a solid ball. Yeah. And I'll, then you get... Then I'll be honest with you, most, most, of them, most of them are happy for me. Most of them are really happy. But, you know, I know that if they didn't take a dig, if they didn't take a dig, I'd be more worried. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's just the sort of relationship we have. But my brother's my brother's really starting to piss me fucking off because he's he's starting to give me hope because he's sitting there going, well, you know, the three teams came up last year, survived. And realistically, you only need to be better than three teams. And when you think about it, Forest are pro- aren't probably going to be great next season as well. They got too big of a squad and they're going to have to let players go and yada 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 and Bournemouth and blah blah blah. And I'm just like, can you stop? Because you're really going to get my fucking hope up, hopes up that we might actually stay in this division next season. I think let's see how the season starts because I mean I think before absolutely no chance. You have a look at the thing. Well, you've got about seven teams. I think I said there's yeah. seven teams you have to look at and thinking okay, you take an average of three points off a team, not necessarily three points per team. But an average, so whether you call it sort of, you know, um, whether you get sort of, you know, two draws with one and a win draw with another one. Yeah. That gives you 21 points. I think you need sort of, you know, 35, 36, 37, 38 to stay up. So you then got to get those points from the other games, which is, um, they're going to be the harder games. Let's face it, Man City, we're not getting anything from, you would have thought. No. Liverpool might give us three points. Liverpool, so here's the thing. I can seriously see us taking points from Liverpool. I do not think some of their players are are, are going to be ready for Kenilworth Road. Like they're 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 just that's going to be a culture like the likes of those teams. I think it'll be a culture shock. You know, and to me, the likes of Bournemouth and Forest and teams like that, we've proven over the years that we can beat them in the Championship. Now, obviously, they've got better when they've gone into the Premier League because they had the Premier League money. But we would assume that we're going to get better too. So. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I honestly, in in my heart, believe that we can take points from those sort of teams. But yeah. I, I also think that we can cause a couple of upsets against the bigger teams, the likes of the Chelsea's, the likes of the Arsenal's, the likes, as you just said, the Liverpool's. I'm not necessarily saying we're going to win and we're going to take six points off them or we're going to take four points off them, but I can see them. I True. can see us taking yeah. points. I can I'm see us causing Chelsea, causing them problems. Chelsea, when they finish the season, you could take points off them. Obviously, they're going to be should be a completely different prospect than the amount of money yeah. they spend, but you never know. Potichino will have them better next season. Yeah. Um, Man City, you'd say probably not. Liverpool, as I said, I think they'd take it. Everton, they're one of the seven I would mm-hmm. expect to take points off because, let's face it, they're shit. They really should have gone down anyway. Um, Bournemouth know what they're up against. They know the same. So there's home advantage isn't necessarily there, but neither is away advantage. Um, Palace are ones you'd probably expect. I mean, they might be able to take some points off, but um, they'll take points off us as well. Um, West Ham's the interesting one as well. But the really interesting one is Wolves, because Wolves, I saw some comment, they're not happy with their owners, they're not happy with the infrastructure, so they had an okay season, I thought. I didn't pay much attention. I don't pay attention to the Premier League, I will next season. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to fucking have to. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there are teams thinking, no, you know, we're here. And as the the better Premier League fans said, you know, they're absolutely there by right. I mean, obviously, you've got the plastic football stars in 1992. Well... Premier League can't allow them to play on that ground. Yes, they can. What's this team doing up there? And everyone has pointed out they are there by absolute fucking right. Yep, we're there on merit. No other way of putting it. We're there on merit. And a lot of these players, a lot of these players we have are, are going to want to prove that they're, they're that they can do a job at Premier League level, and they're going to be given it 110 percent next season, plus the players that we bring in as well, whoever that may be. It's it's. I, I'm not getting my hopes up. I do. I do still honestly still think we'll get relegated again next season. Uh, it doesn't bother me in any way, shape, or form. But I'm wouldn't be shocked if we stayed up. There's I think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be shocked. There's always that chance. I mean, look, I'm trying to get my head around the fact we're Premier League because I thought we're Premier League. Really? I said got no chance, and I think you know there is that slight chance. And again, they said if we go down. It's not going to be a disaster because we'll do it properly. And I think being up there and it will strengthen, and then we're actually made a position to come back again next time. Yeah. The Oxaiyori Club. If we stay up, that's kind of uh, it. Won't be, we won't stay up season after season. We stay up two, three seasons. The people are going, what the hell? And then people saying, okay, oh, their style of play won't suit the Premier League. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it didn't suit the Championship. And people, I've actually had a bouncer in the pub because obviously the day after the game, went to the pub. I actually bumped into the commentary fan who was kind of, you know, really, really sad bloke. Then there was a bouncer who makes quite a bit of money on football. He goes, oh, he's a Norwich fan. And he said, well, well, no, I wouldn't want to watch that style of football. I'd rather stay down there and play like that. So I turned around and said, I don't give a fuck. This is the thing. Like, everyone talks about the style of football we play. Like, we play some good football. Like, I think teams are going to be shocked next season. Yes, we've got two... Good strikers who are tall and strong and pacey and can get into the channels and like to mix it up with defenders. What's wrong with that? I, I, there, there was something, there, I think it was Rob Edwards that turned around and said, you know, I, thought, I think it was after the game, he was asked, well, maybe even before the game, but I, I think it was after the game, he was asked a question. And he, he said something about the, the fact of, you know, he talked about the direct balls and he, 
he turned around and said, you are still allowed to put the ball in the air. You know, contrary to what people might believe, you can still put the ball in the air. I think it's probably before the before the final after the Sunderland game. No, he just turned around and said, well, you know, we pressed for basically just booting it and he's taking the piss out of Mowbray. And I'm, I'm just like, we're going to play to our strengths, you know, and like, I think Jordan Clark's a fantastic footballer. I think Pelly will is not as technically gifted as, as 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 Jordan Clark, but will give you energy and will will hassle the hell out of players. I I can't wait, cannot wait to see Kevin De Bruyne get the ball, turn around thinking he's got a ton load of space, and just Pelly just to be standing there. He's got a ton load of Pelly, and I think actually on the um, on the on the release list today that was announced, it was said right. Uh, Penny Berry and one of the others goes, oh, being offered new contracts considering terms. And thinking, okay, at what point are those two players going to turn one? Do I want to play the Premier League? Nah, you know what? I'm going to go and play for Derby. It's fine. They're offering me more money. Never yeah. ever going to happen, is it? No, no. I mean, the, the, I, the list you're talking about. Um, negotiations are ongoing with Pelly Rulick and Panzu, Tom Lockyer, Amari Bell, and Luke Berry with a view to extending their time at Kenilworth Road. The only one I'm I could. The only one I could see even there being a slight chance of not staying in that list is Luke Berry. And that may just because he's getting to an age of his of his in, in time in his career where he'll want to play first team football. But I don't like at the same point, I think he plays a part next season in the Premier League. However big or small it may be, I think he plays a part. Uh, and I think he's going to want he's going to want that just to say I played in the Premier League. Well, absolutely. I mean, Luke Berry's going to say, I want to play for regular first team football. Then, ooh. I want to into the Premier League with the club yeah. I've been at for the last five, six, seven years. However, you know the answer is there, don't you? Surely. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any any problems with, with with any of those players coming back next season. I really don't. Uh, but Nick, we're gonna call it a day there because we're already at over thirty minutes, and I still want to get Alex's views on this, which we will hopefully record later on. But just one more time, Nick. From the top, we are Premier League. Luton Town are a Premier League side. Let that sink in. I think that's a great way to finish part one of this podcast with Nick. We will have part two of the podcast coming up with Alex here pretty soon. But first, we pride ourselves here at Luton Town International on being by the fans for the fans. When I first started this podcast way back in the day, when it was actually originally called the Luton Town America podcast I did it as a hobby and it, it I only thought I would do maybe one or two and then it became something that I did weekly but on the very first episode we had a Luton Town supporter by the name of Graham Saudi he was the first one to put up his hand and say yes I'll do this that's something that I would be interested in and at that point we there was no Luton Town podcast we were it so I got in touch with Graham, still very good friends with Graham. Asked him to send me a little audio file of his thoughts of the day, of the game, what it means to him for Luton to be back in the top flight of English football, to be in the Premier League for the very first time. And this is what he thought and this is what he said. 27th of May 2023, a day that's going to give many a smile to many a hatter for many a year to come. The day was awesome, going out, spending it with my family, my friends, seeing London, seeing the bars, just one in particular because we couldn't be bothered to move. 
and then traipsing off to Wembley Stadium to take in the atmosphere down there. All really good natured all the way through the day. Sitting in pubs, half and half, uh, fans, Coventry and Luton. And uh, just the frolics that that all brings. The game itself was one that uh, was nervous, of course. Everyone was nervous, all 85,000 of us. But hey, we started on top. Luton started well. Um, I think we should have had a couple more in the first half, but that's just football, isn't it? It's a lottery at the end of the day, a cup final. No one can predict what's going to happen. Um, I think there was a lot of unsung heroes that day. Uh, the medical staff won first and foremost. They should get a bit more praise for what happened with Locks, and that's from Coventry. Medical staff, you could see them running on the pitch. The staff of the NHS and the Wembley staff and obviously the Luton people as well. Just un- unimaginable what they must have been thinking when they went and saw Locks, and it's fantastic. He's uh, he's okay and it looks like he's going to be with us for pre-season. Sign that contract, Locks, hey. Then the game has continued. You know, everyone's voices were cracking. Everyone's atmosphere was heightening. The emotions were there. You know, we went in leading 1-0 at half-time. Fantastic. Coventry came out and it's almost like the roles reversed from my eyes. You know, Coventry came out wanting it. Luton sat back a little bit, but rode out the storm really well. Gokerez was kept in under wraps brilliantly by Rhys Burke, who was a monster after coming on for, for locks. Um, yeah, they got their goal and it was uh, it was a good little goal. Harmer, he's a cracking player. I wouldn't mind having him in, uh, in our squad, that's for sure. Uh, possibly next year, you never know what might happen. But, um, you know, when he went off, I think they dropped, their heads dropped and we just played out. Everyone was knackered, cramping up and it was a typical end of the season. Premier League pending game, you know, players were just shot to pieces and that, that translated into the fans uh, as the atmosphere dropped a tiny bit for my liking. I know I certainly did, you know, I just sat watching, taking it in a bit. Extra time was typical extra time. Then the penalties, we all go through a silly little routine of uh, of what we want to happen and what we don't want to happen. We kept saying the same things again and again and again. Uh, and uh, obviously when Darbo missed, it was just very much amusement. I celebrated a bit too hard in the first half, I think, with the first goal and uh, emotionally was, was shot. Taylor's goal, I didn't celebrate. I saw it was handball, so, you know, just called it straight away, unfortunately. And I just watched the rest of the stadium erupt, or half the stadium erupt. It was just fantastic to watch. And what was even better, and there's been said on a couple of pictures that are flying around, not one camera was out. It was just a bunch of Luton fans living the Luton life and marching forward, moving and grooving, as Pelly says. Hey, an amazing day. Friends, family, you know, friends from around the world texting me, making sure that I'd had a good time and uh, laughing at us because we're going to get zero points. But realistically, who cares? This isn't just about one season in the Premier League. This is 20, 25 years of sustainable um, fun for Luton. Now, we don't have to worry. We don't have to panic. Not that we were with 2020 guidance anyway, but it just puts those coffers in there, doesn't it? And it's just a lovely thing to be, to be known that it's not just a one-season thing. Yeah, it's going to be great seeing all the Premier League teams come down to a shit entrance. But, you know, they've been doing that since goodness knows when. Just the, you know, attitude of 1992 and when the Premier League started. Not that it wasn't around before. You know what it is. 
But hey, it's one day. It's a cracking day. Uh, one that I will remember fondly in many years to come. Pictures of me and my lad at Wembley Stadium. And let's see what next season brings. And the future, it's looking orange. Yes, Graham, the future is indeed bright. Thank you for that. Uh, I'm joined now by Alex. Alex, Luton Town are a Premier League club. How does that sound? <laughs> yeah, it still it still really hasn't um, it still really hasn't dawned on me. I I think I think it will dawn on me when I see the fixture list and start looking looking out for which is the boxing boxing day game and see oh it's going to be Manchester United or whatever that that's going to be that's going to be when it actually hits me or you know getting a Panini sticker album now for Premier League and seeing Luton there just after Liverpool yeah that's going to be that's going to be when it really hits me yeah it was it was it was a few damn things that I was I was thinking about as well earlier on today I was just kind of like I don't think I'm really going to believe it until I see that fixture list and see yeah. Luton versus Man City, Luton versus Man United, Luton versus Liverpool. I'm like, holy shit. Uh, I, I know I said to Nick, I never thought I would see the day that Luton Town would be a Premier League club. I don't know if you feel the same way. I had a, I had a small hope, uh, but in a, in a different way, I also didn't want it. Because, like... There's nothing more, uh, you know, chemically cleaned and artificial than Premier League. And uh, seeing Luton there kind of, for me, kind of takes away a little bit. But 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 that goes back to, you know, what Gary Sweet was saying during the celebrations, that that we never, we should never forget who we are. We should never, you should, we should never change into some, you know, posh, posh uh, Premier League. Uh, supporters who doesn't know that uh, there's football outside the Premier League. Um, so I, I, th- I think I think we just gotta continue being us and just ignoring what league we're in and just being Luton Town, whichever league we're in. I think the term he used was we can't become a Billy Big Bollocks. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yep. <laughs> Which is fantastic I, language I for I a CEO. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't even going to try to <laughs> say that in a full sentence because I just burst out laughing. <laughs> I said it to Nick that I always wanted to be Premier League, but I never thought it would happen. Like, the ultimate goal is being Premier League, the, the best, what a lot of people consider the best league in the world, especially for competition. A lot of your leagues are one and two teams, and then that's it. For a pure competition, Premier League's up there as as probably the best, if not one of the best leagues in the world. You always want to like to me. You always should be striving to to get there. But again, as I said, I I never thought I would see the day that it would actually happen. That day was last Saturday for me, last Sunday I think for you, uh, and it was just it it was one of them days where. The first half we completely dominated and we didn't capitalize and then yeah. all of a sudden Coventry are back in the game and it's a complete another nerve-wracking moment when it goes to penalties yes and like looking at the game itself was 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 uh, actually quite quite uh, quite surreal in many ways because yeah as you said the first half was so clearly Luton but like in the last five minutes of, of the half 
Coventry started getting into the game and I started thinking, oh, geez, are we tired already? And and, and then it kind of just continued on in the second half and we, we kind of didn't, we, we didn't get much happening until we actually started getting happening again in the 60th minute and, and, and they actually went and scored on a counter-attack because we had actually been getting back in command again. Um, so, yeah, that was... Um, when that goal went in, I was oh shit. Where where are we now? What's going to happen now? And then I just knew, I just knew right then, we're either going to lose before full time or this is going to go straight to penalties. That's what, what I thought then. And yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it went to penalties. And oh my God, I don't think I've ever seen a more safer set of fives taking penalties for Luton. They were just. Ultimately, ultimately, it yeah. was six, but I, I get what you're saying. The, the six penalties, we talked about it with Nick. The six penalties were absolutely fantastic. And I know there was rumours that they brought in penalty specialists and stuff like that. Whatever it was, it worked. You know, that they were absolutely fantastic. And it was it was players as well. I mean, I said it to Nick. When Luke Berry stepped up to take it, I was worried. I was really, really worried. I wasn't. The East X Cambridge, come on, you can't <laughs> I was worried. I was extremely worried. But one thing I did notice, Alex, is that watching a penalty shooter when it's your team, not enjoyable. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I will admit the last two penalties I, I couldn't watch. I, I had my eyes closed pretty much and and, and um, my wife was watching. This was, uh, in my defense, this was about 4.30 a.m. in the morning because kickoff was at 2 a.m. Uh, Sydney time. So yeah, we we were watching the game and yeah, we uh, I I was actually starting starting to I was emotional and tired. So yeah, just uh, watching those two pounds, I just couldn't watch out because I I was like we're looting, we always fuck up at the end, but but then no, we didn't. But there's also the funniest thing, the funniest thing too. I'm um I'm a uh, I, I I like a show called Star Trek probably people probably heard about and there's a one of those shows um has this uh this this um this game kind of like roulette but they call it dabo and when he came on i just knew that something's gonna happen with this guy because this is the same as that game in in star trek called dabo where you win and lose terribly and then he went up to take the penalty shot and i just knew that he was going to miss because this was going to be my Dabo moment. And yeah, he did. So there you go. For me, it was, so I, I look at the, I look at the sports that are currently playing uh, for me over here in America. And it was the NBA who had a team who in, in the finals, the Denver could never won an NBA title. And this would be their first. And then you've got the NHL final between two teams who never won a Stanley Cup, no matter who wins, this will be their first. And then you've got Luton Town, who've never won a playoff final, or at least <laughs> not that I can remember. Yep. And now you're playing for the Premier League, the first time ever in the Premier League, the first time winning the playoff final. And I was just like, it, it's like the universe is, is telling me something. Yeah, the stars are aligned. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, but no, oh God, when, when, when that penalty went over, like, the penalty itself, like I felt for the for the for the shooter, obviously, but 
I just the tears just and I was just I was just went insane. I think I I think I uh, well we have this WhatsApp group where we're talking about things and I think I put put in a clip there just basically screaming and yeah no there was just oh, what what a feeling that was that was just amazing. Yeah, it's one of these things where I was watching it and when he missed the penalty, I I I literally just landed on my son. And I'm sure he's <laughs> he's not really into sports and I'm sure he was like he he knows who Luton Towner. Uh yeah, yeah. obviously, I've at least done that part, but I just landed on top of him and I'm sure he's thinking what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> But I just landed on top of him and I was screaming as loud as I could, yes. So yeah, yeah. I, I think I've traumatised him for probably for the rest of his life. Yeah, I, I had a traumatised cat when the first goal went in because because when Jordan Clark scored, I had two cats sitting, one sitting on me and one sitting next to me and they kind of flew a few metres up in the air when I jumped up and yeah. So yeah, they were a bit traumatised by that. But yeah, no... Jesus, I I don't think I don't think anyone will ever understand, you know, the, that feeling you get when 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 someone scores scores a goal for your team in such an important game. I don't th- I don't think anyone but a football fan can understand that feeling, because uh, yeah, I, I just can't describe it. It just yeah, it's indescribable. It just just this pure injection of, you know whatever chemicals goes through your body just this pure injection of happiness and joy and endorphin and everything going through your body uh, when that happens last year uh i've obviously taken to hockey since i live in america now oh, and uh, last i <laughs> just because the swedes are better at it than you uh but last year my my nhl team the colorado avalanche won the stanley cup I, I thought that was a side of me that my wife had never seen before when when they won. I haven't been supporting the Avalanche nearly as long as I was supporting Luton Town. I got phone calls on Saturday, and I know I called you and you didn't answer. <laughs> You're probably better off that you didn't. I got phone calls on Saturday and from my brother, from my dad, from people back home that know I support Luton Town. Yeah, yeah. And I literally, I was speechless. I couldn't talk. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I had kind of similar experiences because um, I, I had I had uh, I had people messaging me on 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 Facebook that I hadn't sp- spoken to in years, and they were like, "You're the only Luton Town fan I know, so congratulations <laughs> on making it to Premier League." And it's like, wow! It was just, all of a sudden like you you you. you you kind of know what Premier League is because you know there's so many fans of it, and but but the problem again is as I said, so many fans of the Premier League, not of football but Premier League. So when 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 we look be, below Premier League, they don't have a clue. And like you and me, Luton fans through and through, um, not a lot of people would 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 talk to us about Luton Town when they were in league two or league one or hell even a championship but now we're premier league and they oh they're saluting oh yeah that guy i know supports that team i remember him and yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like weird that feeling yeah 
can't be explained. There's a podcast that I listen to called the Mostly Soccer Podcast. Obviously, an American podcast. You can tell by the fact that soccer's in the title. Uh, and I've become friendly with the guys that, that do it. And they know I'm a Luton Town supporter. And they've been kind of rooting for Luton Town for a while now. One's an Arsenal supporter, one's a City supporter. Yep. But after the game on Saturday, they literally just tweeted me a DM of explanation points. And my response was, I'm still waiting to wake up. That's how I felt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that is very true. And and you know, we we've had so uh, we've had so many ups and downs throughout the years, but but yeah, we're we're Premier League, man. We're Premier League. Exactly. I wanna to talk to you about the goal because you mentioned the goal there, Clark's goal. Um I wanna bring up something that you said in the group chat that me, you and Nick have. Anyone claiming that Adebayo is nothing but a target man should watch what he does for Clark's goal over and over yeah. till they admit yeah. they are wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just the most, it, it's, it's just beautiful. It's just freaking, it's, it's football art, you know. Uh, Kyle McFadden is probably not the, the most recognized name in football, but he, he's always been a solid, solid defender, and, and the way he gets tricked, he, he just basically gets so outplayed he falls on his feet and yeah he should retire at the end of the season <laughs> it's like it's just such an amazing amazing performance and and just look at the skill that that player has it it's just Adebayo is yeah he is amazing and and he's going to continue to grow and 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 remain amazing and I, I think I think I think once we once we um once people start start seeing that and and he's going to do it in the Premier League yeah, he's going to be a, a true legend. Yeah, I, I watched the goal and I've just watched it on repeat this week. Like, I, we, we, we've always rated Adebayo. I think, at least on this podcast anyway, we've always rated Adebayo. Yeah, yep. even, though he took, even though he took James Collins' place and obviously as an Irishman, I've got a roof on my collar. We, we've, always, we've always rated him. But what him and Morris have done this season as a partnership has been fantastic and I don't think yeah. Adebayo gets enough credit because obviously no. Carlton has got the goals yeah and and and, and we got to remember that because you don't get many uh, strike partnership where where you have two 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 players scoring 20 plus goals a season you don't you don't get that it doesn't happen it, it, what what happens is that one 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 t one player draws all the defenders and the other one gets the goals and and Adebayo has certainly done that this season, and and you know the season before he was the one who, who got all the goals, and 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 did amazing, and 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 yeah now 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 it's the other way around, and he he's drawing the defenders because he was he was a he was a known threat, and 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 um, and and uh, Carlton Morris was was more more of a unknown, and yeah just together they work as a duo, they they they. Uh, they play 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 it as a duo and 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 um, Carlton gets the goals and yeah I, I I've seen people say oh he he's been horrible this season but they don't understand what 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 Adebayo is actually doing uh, on the pitch if they think he's been horrible. Do you want to talk about transfer targets for our first season in the Premier League? Oh yes, it's going to be hard to do to know because. Um, I, I think I think um, Edward said it best. They they he hadn't even started looking at transfer targets for 
Premier League. Obviously, the, the scouting team with uh, with uh, Harford had had a list of targets for Premier League and for the Championship. Uh, I don't think that list will be like very different. I, I think there will be a few bigger names that cost a bit more money on the Premier League list. Um, but yeah, what do we need? Well, we obviously need to either get uh, some of the loan players back. Um, I personally don't think that's going to happen to a big degree uh, because as a Luton fan, I would love to see them come back. But um, as a pragmatic, I think I think we 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 can't just base we can't just base a transfer on on one season's performance. We we gotta look we gotta look more deeper beyond. And um, yeah, so we're obviously gonna need a first a starting right back. We're gonna need a starting goalkeeper, and we're gonna need probably a starting central midfielder. And I think we're also probably gonna need need another striker and one or two central defenders. So, yeah, we, we really do need to to um, get some players in. Um, who, God, there's, yeah, now as a Premier League, there's just an entirely new market of players that's just opened up for us. I, and I, I'll be honest, I've, I've never really thought about looking for players that can play in the Premier League for Luton. I've never thought about that. So, yeah, it's going to be... Um, it's going to be um, up to Mick Harford and the, and the scouting crew. So one thing that I think we've spoke about before in this podcast is that obviously the scouting network's fantastic within England, but sometimes it's a bit hit or miss when you start going outside of England. That That's something that's going to have to be adjusted now. You, yeah. You're going to have to look for those diamonds in the rough. Uh, yeah, yeah. Within the within the the lower leagues in 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 France or Spain or in Belgium or Holland or whatever it may be, your 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 scouting network is going to have to grow substantially. Yeah. Uh, I I do agree with you a lot what you said in in regards to players coming in. The one thing like again to to kind of compare the two between Luton's promotion and Colorado Avalanche winning last season. I felt that the Avalanche went out in the offseason and did too much to try to keep as many players there as possible that won the Stanley Cup. They needed to know what their core was, make sure that core is back, and then if we need to pick up a piece around it, then so be it. I think it's the same way with Luton this season. I mean, because of what happened, Eaton Horvath, Cody Drame, Marvellous Nakamba... Every single one of them players, but I'm picking out them three because they're on loan, are legends. They'll never have to buy a drink at Luton again. You know, it's just the way it is. But are they the core of this team? No. That's that. No. That's exactly the same way, I think. Yeah. Eden Horvath kept a lot of clean sheets, but as has been said a lot, he was playing against a re- he was playing behind a really, really good defense. Yeah. A very stringy defense. Look, look at the amount of one nil wins we had this season. Like a yes. very, very stringy defense. He was playing behind. Cody Drame was, I think, fantastic going forward for us defensively. He was caught out a couple of times, and I think yeah. that's going to have to. If he does come back, that's going to have to be something he gets better at next season because I don't think we're going to be as fluid attackingly, uh, attacking wise as we are. We're this 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 season. 
Yeah. The only player that I could see that would be, for me, a core player would be Marvelous Nakamba. And simply yeah. because I don't think there's a player that's currently in her squad that I would put in that position. Yeah. And, so and he, he also has the age and the experience of Premier League as well to be to be a good target for us. Um, yeah. Drame and, 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 um, and Horror doesn't. Like I, I could, I could easily see Drabe develop into Premier League right back, and he probably will. Um, uh, I just don't know if it's going to be for Luton, and I, I don't think we should, we should get him for every cost. Like um, each, each season, I see, oh, see, see people say, oh, we should bring James Justin back, or we should bring Andre Gray back, or we should bring Jack Stacey back. Like everyone who's talking about ex-players who's played for Luton down, we should bring them back, but. Yeah, I I don't have that sentimental thought about like it would be fun to see them back, but I, I just remember most of the people who who the players we sign uh, for a second season or for a second time they tend to they tend to be flops. So I don't I don't see that I don't see that point point of view as something we definitely should. But I think from a from a football fan's point of view, you've seen these guys play and you think that, ah, oh, yeah, I, I remember watching him playing for us four years ago, so he's going to be just as good now, 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 uh, four years on. So yeah, that kind of I don't have take that sentiment sent, sentiment. I I I look at look at players who who look promising outside, and I look at players who. We seem to be doing really well in in in, uh, in other teams and and have either uh, a shot to a shot in the valley because their quality in one season is stellar they really really outperform and really do well in one season or they have been doing consistently playing playing consistently for a team that's been doing well maybe in a lower division um, I don't think you should I don't think you should um, you should you should frown upon signing a signing a, a, a top goal scorer from League One or a top goal scorer from League Two or a really strong defender from either of those divisions because they have shown on a consistent level that they can perform. I'll be honest with you, the only one of that though those three names that you mentioned that I would like to see back at Luton is James Justin, and that's just because he's a Luton lad. I don't necessarily know with all the injuries and everything he's had if it's a, if it's if it would be realistic. Yeah, yeah. I I think he's he's had a lot of injuries that at this point. I think Andre Gray is playing in the Greek league or something now. I think thirty uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something probably not probably not ideal to bring him back. And Jack yeah. Stacey just signed for Norwich, so that's definitely not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, but I I just use them as an example yeah. because every every season I see all the Luton fans saying, oh, we should bring back this ex player, but but yeah, yeah, I think they've had their time. They've done brilliantly for our club, and we sold them on. We got we got our money for them, and in some cases we got some sell-on fee for them. Um, thank you for your service, uh, but we move on. We move on to the next 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 promising talent that might give us a good transfer fee in the future or give us the results we need to achieve our goals so i did i did look at some stats nick would nick would hate me so i didn't do this with nick but nick would hate nick would hate me but i did look at some stats and the stats i looked at were defensive stats okay and in the championship last season we were second 
for the amount of blocks getting in the way of the ball at any point getting in the way of the ball we were second in the league mm. getting in the way of the ball when there was shots we were in the top 10 and getting in the way of the ball for passes so intercepting passes we were top yeah. we were yep. first in the league that tells that gives me a style that tells me then that you want players that are going to get in the way are going to pressure people it's it's high it's high pu- high push high pressure push them up yeah. the field as much as possible so you think we're going to stay with the same style of, pit, of play maybe like tweak it a little bit with the same style of play so i lo- i took i looked at two players in particular one from the english league and one from outside the english league the first player that i looked at from outside the english league was xavier and i'm going to butcher his last name mbayama mbayama i think is how you pronounce it he plays in the Dutch league. He plays for Wallenham. And the reason I looked at him is because he meets all those metrics. Yeah, yeah. He was he was top of the league, one of the best defenders in Holland for blocking passes, blocking shots, just blocking in general. So I looked at him and I kind of went, okay, is that an option? Looked at some videotape of him, got as much highlights as I could. And six foot, six foot four, I want to say, big guy, yeah. central defender, right footed, <laughs> right footed. You know, ah, he's right ticks, oh, ticks no. all the boxes. 21 years of age. He doesn't tick the young. boxes. We need a left-footed defender. Come on. No, we've got a Mary Bell and Dan Potts. I'm looking at the right-hand side because we've only got <laughs> Reece Potts there as right a now. central... No, no. Dan Potts is a central yeah. defender in the Premier yeah. League. Yeah. No, yeah. man. But anyway, so central defender, six foot four and a half, 21, 21 years of age, not quite 22 yet. Playing in the Dutch league, playing with Volodam in the Dutch league, they got promoted yeah. last season. This was their first season back or in the Eredivisie, Divisie. and they didn't get relegated. They they held their own. They finished, I think, it was 14th or something in in the in the in the league. Nice. Are they the yeah. sort of players like young? Still got some, still got some so, some molding to do. Definitely with 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 this guy with uh, just from watching the videotapes. Uh, yeah. A lot of last ditch tackles didn't like it needs to read the game a little bit better. But as is known with Dutch footballers, when he's on the ball, passing the ball, stuff like that, really Solid. calm, really composed, yeah. really cool. Typical, yeah. Yeah. So that was one that I looked at. The second one I looked at was from the championship, and it was from Birmingham City, and it's Austin Trusty, and he's an American defender. Again, oh. six foot three, central defender. 24 years of age, so still young, still coming up. Played against us in the nil-nil draw on Kenilworth Road this season, the yeah. beginning of the season. So obviously knows how to clean, keep clean sheets. Played 44 games, so not quite a full season. And pretty much played every minute. And I think it averages out his minutes played. I think it averages out like 89 points something. So pretty much all the, uh, every minute. Now you will like this one. He's a central defender. He's left-footed. Hey. And again, matches all the criteria. Block shots, block passes, just blocks in general. Are these the sort of players you're looking at, Alex? Are, are, like, just, just speaking yeah. with defenders, these are the sort of players that we need to be... I'm not saying go out and buy these guys. This is a quick This is a quick research, you know, yeah, using yeah, football yeah. reference. This is a quick research. Like, dig a little bit deeper. But yeah. they're the sort of players that I want to see Luton invest in. Still yeah, young. I, as I said, I, I think I think one thing we 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 gotta we gotta keep in mind is like uh, Rob Edwards inherited a squad from Nathan Jones, and and you already seen that he's done some changes to the squad. Like he put 
Alan Campbell out and put Jordan Clark in because he prefers the way Jordan Clark plays to the way Alan Campbell plays. And a lot of Luton fans would say, hey, Alan Campbell was doing really well. He had a good engine on, on him. He could he could run endlessly throughout the full, full game. But um, when it comes to creating something, being a being like creative midfielder, creating chances and 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 getting into getting into positions, Jordan Clark has obviously shown himself the better man. And I think also we're going to see some change in tactics. I really hope we stay though with that kind of direct and 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 and, um, and high pressure type of football because it's different. It's mm-hmm. uh, it, if we want to pretend to become another Premier League team, we're going to go straight down because the teams in the Premier League they they have played against that. They have played against that type of formation so many times. They know exactly what to do to break it down. But if we play with a completely different style that's unusual and different from from what the Premier League has now, that's when we're going to do well. And and that's the first season we 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 will stay up because we will play something that they haven't played before and don't know how to break down. How are you feeling about next season? Probably too early to really say, but like an an, an early an early an early feeling. How you how you how you doing? There was someone who said to me like, "We only need to be better than three other teams." Oh, and my brother said that to me. I fucking hate him. Yeah, but it's not a, it's not a bad bad thing to say because we only need to be better than three other teams and. In, in out of those 19 other teams in the Premier League, I can easily see us be better than three of them. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if we if we managed maybe a 15th or a, or a, or, a, or a 16th place. But um, yeah, it's just it just all going to depend on the recruitment, other teams' recruitment, things that are outside of our control. What's going to happen with heck? Is Manchester City going to get fined for their or points drawn for their 300 or whatever breaches of uh, of rules they've done? It's just, just so many things that gonna going to happen throughout the season that's going to affect the way we um, we will do. But like in the end, we can only focus on ourselves. We can only build build a team that we think can stay in the Premier League. Um, and continue getting that money so we can pay for power court fully and 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 do the things we need to do to develop the club to become a stable top level championship lower level premier league club it it still feels weird saying that premier league club yes I, that's it it it's it, it, i think we were talking earlier on i don't like i don't think it's going to kick into that fixture list but speaking no. of fixture lists man city Last day of the season. Need a draw to stay up. <laughs> How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, if, if that obviously, happens... Obviously, uh, like, as, as, as things go in the Premier League, as they have gone for a number of years now, obviously City have the league wrapped up. Yeah, yeah, well, it all depends. Like, as I said, if they have... Maybe they get uh, 30 points deducted from them for, because of all the legal breaches. That's not happening. That only happens to us, Alex. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot. No, but uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. Again, that even that has factors in it because do they get points deducted? Will they have the season wrapped up? Because 
like let's say they get 10 points deducted like it's not within the realms of impossibility if they have 10 points deducted from them they might actually need that win and go for it and I don't know a, a, a win thirsty Kevin De Bruyne and a win thirsty uh, uh, Holland isn't something I'd like to play on the last day of the season. I don't think City are getting deducted points. I it's just that that's just my take on it. I don't think they're getting deducted <laughs> points. Oh, just, I, I've seen where, I've I seen weirder things happen. No, and, yeah, uh, definitely. And in, in, in the in the football league now, you know, you see they have some consistency with giving points deductions to teams. That failed to play their pay their players and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a point deduction coming. But we'll just have to wait and see. Um, there's too many X factors still. There's there's not 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 enough to even make a prediction. I think. And Alex, I I thought we would have to wait until the season started before other teams fans start having meltdowns. But apparently, it's already happening on Twitter. Arsenal fans are trying to talk to us about discipline and 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 how we how we conduct ourselves. I mean, Arsenal fans, we're talking about Martin Keown here, fucking jumping on Ruud Van Nistelrooy's neck after he missed the penalty, all out fucking brawl, and they're trying to talk to us about discipline. <laughs> Come on, no Tony, Tony Adams and his uh, very uh, nice style of play too brings rings to mind in my right? opinion. But, like, but then again, it just shows how out of touch I am with when we call. When we when we talk about the Premier League, because when when I think of uh, Arsenal in the Premier League, I think uh, Ian Wright, Tony Adams, Lee Dixon, you know <laughs> that that type of players. It's um it's been a while since I've come to the Premier League, and we're always going to have teams hating us no matter what. It's always going to be something. I wish we hadn't put that clip out from the Luton Town official website. Maybe. Uh, Twitter maybe that wasn't the best thing to put out. Um, I, I think actually, I think actually, you know, I, I can see where some come from uh, if they don't understand or know the um, know the backstory, because you and I know the backstory to what mm-hmm. happened in that clip. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it, if you don't, you you will actually think, oh Jesus Christ, what is this kind of team coming to the Premier League? What are we gonna do with our 60 million pound striker if he gets kicked like that you know um and i I think you know if if they had seen the full game and see how how they were trying to stall time and 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 you know time waste and that guy literally went to kick the ball away so we couldn't take a free kick quickly you know it just it just um yeah put some you know pretext into it so just putting the clip in there without the pretext was probably a very stupid idea. And uh, um, may- maybe we need to get a little bit more professional when it comes to social media for the, from from the club. I'll I'll say that um, I didn't mind the clip myself because I knew the, the context it was posted in. But from someone who doesn't know the context, very stupid move from the club. So I'm actually going to say it was a stupid clip to put up. I think it goes back as well to what you said and that, you know, how watered down the Premier League is is that that is that's what shocks them. Not not people going out, uh, you know, having cocaine benders after games, which used to happen back in the nineties, or, or you know, <laughs> the the race. God God forbid the racist abuse that players have to face on on a near weekly basis, you know. Yeah. But that's that's what offends you. That that clips what offends you. It, it just it, it blows my mind. 
Alex, we're going to finish this up, but before we finish it up, I do want to talk about one more thing. As two hatters living abroad, how nicely are you going to tell iFollow to shut up their arse? <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I, <laughs> iFollow's been okay. It's not been bad, bad, but I'm I'm just sick and tired of that bloody life boy ad. <laughs> Bish, bish, bash, bosh, bish, bash, bosh, it just runs through my brain. I can't get out of my brain. And having to listen to that before every freaking game made me literally more insane than I already am. So that's going to be the big thing I'm going to be happy to get rid of. And I also looked up the prices to watch Premier League here in Australia. They're so cheap because nobody watches football in this, in this godforsaken country. So... I, I'll pay I'll pay you know twenty twenty five bucks a month to watch Luton Town and uh, yeah so that's going to be cheap I got I can put put more money into buying uh, shirts or scarves or mugs or mouse mats or whatever the club is selling which there is there not not from obviously from the club but some independent stuff there's some really cool independent stuff popping up now that like. I'm sure people are just trying to make a quick book off. I get that, but <laughs> some of them are really, really good, I'll have to say. Yeah. I, When it comes to iFollow, I think we get different ads. Because oh. for me, it's uh, FIFA. Oh, yeah, Constantly FIFA. Constantly yeah. yeah. fucking FIFA. I don't know if yeah. that's the same for you. But uh, I will not be buying... I, I do not buy FIFA games. The last FIFA <laughs> game I got, I got for free. I will not be buying a FIFA game. But oh, you might want to buy it next season because... FIFA actually makes the stadium of each Premier League team in the game. So you can actually play at Kenworth Road in FIFA 2024. For, for me, it, it, it's going to be Championship Manager or Football Manager, whatever they're calling it now. <laughs> that, that'll, be, that'll be the game that I absolutely will buy. Absolutely will buy. I've bought, bought every copy of Championship Manager since 2000. Since, since 2000, Championship Manager 2000, I think it was called. So, yeah, I, I know where you're coming from. <laughs> That'll be the game for me. Alex, it's been a pleasure. Last uh, last word, I gave Nick the last word, so I'm going to give you the last word as well. Um, ice hockey? Really, man? That's what, you need, that's what you're coming up with? I mean, at least Nick said, you know, we're Premier League. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more comedy, man. I've always been more comedy.